under 11, we have kids' shirts going off. If you have children naught to free, we also have an unmanned crash that you'll be able to make use of. And the message is lived through to the uh, room in there as well. Brilliant. Awesome. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and just say, it is good to be sat next to you today. And if you're married, just be careful you say it right. <laughs> and you're truthful, come on. Good. Good. Well, I'm just going to open up in prayer very quickly. Lord, as we come around your word, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are with us in everything that we do. Holy Spirit, we pray, pour out in this place. Speak through the words you've placed on my heart. Speak through your word, Lord God. Speak through your scripture as well, Lord God, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, if you're just joining us for the first time this week, we've been on a little bit of a journey for the last couple of weeks looking at our core values as Restore Church. Last week, Anita kicked us off with our first core value, which was about... Uh, rebuilding the individual and she brought a phenomenal word and uh, you know as Chris has already said we honor you for that great word Anita because it takes time it takes uh, thoughtfulness and it takes uh, time with God as well to, to lay time out with God and to seek God correctly and that was a spirit-filled message so thank you for bringing that well done this week I'm going to be looking at restoring our community throughout my Bible this is this is what I see. When I read my Bible, and hopefully you see the same thing as me, when I read my Bible, I see a God who is always at work to restore community. Yes? You see, right at the beginning of the Bible, we read in Genesis 1 of a God who exists in community. Yes? God brought creation into the world so that community could happen. Do we agree with that? Yeah. The heavens and the earth were formed. The birds and the sea were created. And then what does God bring? He brings man. But man needs a helper, so he brings woman. And let me tell you, I'm glad God brought woman. Especially my wife. So, listen... My wife has helped me out so many times, so, and hopefully I'm a little bit of a help to her, but uh, she is definitely a help to me. You see, God created us to live in community with him and others. The birds and the sea, they live in community. Yes? We look at, cre we look at creation. Even if we get into the, the nitty-gritty of, uh, of, of creation and how... Uh, plants are formed and how they come together as one. Many organisms brought together as one. You see, what we also see in Genesis 1 is humanity makes a choice and it has a choice to follow Jesus or not to follow him, doesn't it? And we see that Adam sins, Adam and Eve sin, and there's a separation. But you see, this is what happens. God acts immediately. To restore broken community. He acts 
to bring them back into relationship with him because he loves them. As we read through the scripture, we continually read of God bringing people back into community, looking to have a relationship with them. God's mission to restore community is so clear throughout scripture that we see he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to bring us into a relationship with him. But here's the thing, we still live in a fallen world. We must understand that. We have free will, yeah? So that means that we, we choose whether we live in community with God or whether we don't live in community with God. But our mission as people who know God is to draw people into relationship with God, yes? To tell people about Jesus to share about his love, his teachings, what Jesus has done in their lives. Just as throughout scripture we read, God is looking to restore community. I believe that mission is the same for you and I today. That we, the bride of Christ, have been called to restore community. I once heard Billy Graham say these words, that if you take 10% of the Holy Spirit out of the New Testament... 90% of the New Testament would have never happened. Yes? He then goes on to say that the truth is today that in modern church, yeah, if you take 10% of the Holy Spirit out of modern church, the church will continue. Why? Because of its structures and its procedures. We don't want to be a church that takes any of the Holy Spirit out of our lives. Yes? I want to publicly say as your pastor here today that we are a church that believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. Yes? We believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit came down and empowered you and I to be God's hands and feet. Yes? While Jesus was on this earth, the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to do all that Jesus could do. But here's the thing, Jesus Christ lives in you and me. And now the Holy Spirit lives in you and me. So we have a responsibility to outwork the power of the Holy Spirit and the mission of Jesus Christ on this earth in a broken world. Yes? You see, this is why here at Restore Church, restoring our communities was one of our core values. Because I believe God is calling us to be a people who are not stuck inside a building, but that are sent out into community. And we're going to be looking at what it means to be sent out today. Anita talked about this being a place last week. I'm going to be talking about what we're sent out to do. Yes? Maybe you're wondering what your community is. Well, let me just explain a bit about your community could be the place you live. Your community can be the place you work. Your community can be the place you attend, groups that you attend. Could be the gym that you go to, the swim class that you do. Could be the school, the college, young people. Come on. We need a generation to rise up in our schools and colleges. Come on, young people. I really believe that God is calling us to be a generation 
that stands up for something different because there is a broken generation in our schools and our colleges at the moment. Schools and colleges, people that are facing masses of anxiety. And now all they need to, they need to know that they're loved. <laughs> they need to know that they're loved. See, wherever you do life, wherever God has placed you, that's your community. That is your community. We talk about a culture of family in this house. Yeah? And our job is to bring people into our family. Yeah? Because we're family. Our scripture today is from Isaiah 61, which is, our, which is our main scripture for Restore Church, in fact, actually. And I, I just want to read these words out to us. Because I really feel that this gives us a great format for, 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 for um, the whole theme of Restore Community. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness the prisoner, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and on the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, garments of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. You are called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord, the display of his, of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. Come on. They will restore the places long devastated and they will renew the ruined cities. Jesus, we pray that over our people in this city. Jesus, we pray it over our communities and we pray it over our city today. Rebuild, restore and renew, Lord God. See, these places were devastated for, for generations and shepherds, strangers will flock, shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and your vineyards, but you will be called priests of the Lord, and you'll be named ministers of our God. See, these, these verses, they paint, they paint a remarkable picture for us of hope. They paint a remarkable picture of hope for the people of Israel, who had for so long experienced oppression they experienced exile and now they're struggling to rebuild in Luke in the book of Luke Jesus reads these verses in the synagogue and he says to the people who are listening mainly the Pharisees because they wanted to grumble at his teachings he said if you've heard these words, they have been filled, fulfilled by you hearing them. You see, when you, when you come to God, when Jesus came to this earth, he fulfilled what he needed to do. But he left a, a mission for you and I. You see, however ruined and devastated things may seem in the lives around you, maybe even in your own life, 
God can rebuild. God can restore. And God can renew. Yes? That goes for any individual, communities, or our city. (laughs) Because we've been called to impact a city. We are God's people. And we've been called to impact a city. We've been called to impact individuals. We've been called to impact communities because of Christ's life and death and resurrection and ascension to heaven and through the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, my first point to us is this. My first, our first sense is this. We've been sent with purpose. You have been sent with purpose. You are being sent with purpose. Maybe you're wondering what that purpose is, but we'll explore that because Isaiah 61 is full of purpose. See, Jesus was sent with purpose. Jesus Christ was sent with purpose. And so, he also sends you and I with purpose. That purpose being... Number one, let's look at Isaiah 61. Proclaim the good news. Come on. God has asked us to go out into the world and proclaim the good news. Jesus went into communities to share the goodness of God. He taught, he shared stories, he healed the sick. He spent time in relationship. All that people may know God and God's love for them. Jesus wanted all to know that God longed to be in relationship with them. And the good news was that Jesus came, that this could be so. Wow, just think about that for a second. You see, that message of good news is the same today. And we are sent out to share that good news in our communities. We're sent out to share that good news in our communities. The second purpose that we can read from Isaiah 61 is to bind up the brokenhearted. You see, our world is full of people who are broken, church. Yes? People who have gone through life, who are going through life right now, who are brokenhearted. They are experiencing pain. They are experiencing loss. They are experiencing grief. Even in this house, we have people that are experiencing pain and experiencing loss and grief. But here's the great thing, when somebody in our family experiences pain or loss or grief, what happens? The family gathers, the family gets around. But in our communities, we have people that are isolated. They don't have that experience of the family yet. They they don't know who Jesus is fully yet. And our job is to go out and to share that love of Jesus to our community like never before. To draw people in to God. You see, Jesus came that people could be drawn in to God. And we today have that same mission. We're sent out to draw alongside the brokenhearted, to share God's love, but to draw into community with God. I want you to know today that you carry the presence of God wherever you go. Yes? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you carry God wherever you walk. Just think about that for a second. Every situation, 
every footstep, everything that you do in your day-to-day life, you carry the presence of God with you. How amazing is that? But that's not something to be kept and, and shielded. But it's something to share. It's something to pour out. To allow others to experience. Well, come on. The third, third purpose that we draw from Isaiah 61 is this. That proclaiming freedom to captives. Our communities are full of people that are captive, that are held captive by things of this world. I prayed over a generation, but the truth is, is that we have a world, we have a city, we have communities that are just full of people that are just held in captivity. They don't want to go outside. They don't want to talk to anybody. They, they can't go into a room full of people because of the experience and the anxiety of being around people. We have people that are addicted to, to drugs, pornography, gambling, so much stuff in this world, dark arts, witchcraft. And the truth is, is that God sent us to set the captive free. Oh, God has sent us to set the captives free. Our message is one that we do not... We live in this world, but we do not live of it, do we? Yes? Our message is that we live in this world, but we do not live of it. And we do not have to be held captive by the things of this world. Come on, dry bones, it's time to awaken. Come on, let's prophesy over our communities. Let's prophesy over the people in our lives. Think about your life, think about your community now. It's time for the dry bones to awaken. Breathe life into into the dry bones. Breathe life into the dry bones. Release from darkness the prisoner. Jesus came to break people free from darkness. Come on. And he sends you and I out to do the same. There will be people in your world, your communities, that are held captive by addictions of darkness. And we've shared some of that. But we're sent to break darkness. Break darkness. Sorry, did I wake you up there, Rob? (laughs) Break darkness. (laughs) Listen. Darkness has no place in this world. When the light of the world came into it to break every ounce of it. You carry the light of the world. Wherever you walk, whatever place of darkness you walk into, the light of the world walks in with you. You may tremble in in the natural, but let me tell you, today, God empowers you. The Holy Spirit empowers you with a godly confidence because you walk in the light of the world and with the light of the world in you. We've been sent to comfort those who mourn. You know... Over the last two, three years, we've seen an increase in deaths. We've seen an increase in, in things that are, are going off, even in our community, of, of people that are, ki- are mourning. Our community right here in Plymouth mourns, yes? 
Our community in Plymouth here, it mourns because of things that have happened in the past. And I don't want to go into too many details, but most of you will know some of the things that have gone off in this community. But here's the thing. God has strategically placed us as a church to care for this community. We've been placed here in this community. And it's this community that mourns. The whole of our city mourns, don't hear me wrong. But it's this community that mourns the most. Every Tuesday I walk around with ministers of this community with a purpose of praying God's light. Wherever we walk, we walk we walk the light of Jesus Christ and we pray the, the light of Jesus Christ into this community. Why? Because we believe that God can change a community for his kingdom and for his glory. We've been sent to restore community. And we've been sent with purpose. My second point is this, is that we're, we're, we're sent with a message of hope. If you're a Christian and you don't know what the message of hope is, can I encourage you to read your Bible? Because the Bible is full of hope. Isaiah 61 verse 3 gives us a prophecy that Isaiah says, three clear messages of hope. I call them the three insteads. Yeah? Instead of ashes, the oil of joy. Yeah? Instead of mourning, the garment of praise. Instead of despair, they will be known as oats of righteousness. You see, God turns our situations to good. Ashes to joy, mourning to praise, despair to planted in righteousness. We've got a message of hope, church. We have got a message of hope. This morning we sang a song, didn't we? I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every life and every soul. Let me ask you today, where do you need to speak Jesus in your community? Think about your own life today. Where has God turned situations around in your life? Just think about that for a second. Where has God turned bad to good and brought hope into your life? Where has God done this with other people in your life? You see, that's a testimony. And the word of God clearly says to us, we will overcome by the word, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes? So every situation that we walk into, we carry the blood of Christ that's been poured out. He's overcome, yeah? But we also carry a testimony of God's goodness and restoration in our own lives and continued restoration. So we carry hope, the hope of Jesus Christ, into a world and a community. Think about it for a second. You have... Through the power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the opportunity, if you act in obedience, to turn ashes to joy, mourning to praise, despair to planted in righteousness.
Oh, who wants some of that this morning? Come on, church. Who wants a bit of that? I do. Not for my glory, Lord, but for your glory. Yes? Come on, church. We need to get this into our heads. We're not doing this for our glory, but we're doing it for his glory. You see, God's name will be known in this city like no other. Does your life display the splendor of God? Let me ask you that question this morning. The truth is, is that, the truth is, is that if you, we are truly following God, then we'll also display his splendor. I, I'm, that may be quite brutal this morning. But think about your own life. Is it displaying God's splendor? Because sometimes we have to realign ourselves in the purpose of God, the will and purpose of God, so that we can display his splendor correctly. It's time to carry a message of hope, church. It's time to carry a message of hope into our communities. If we want to see restored communities, we have to carry the message of Jesus Christ. We have to carry a story of hope. We have to tell of what Jesus has done in our lives. We have to tell of the goodness of God time and time again. Dave, David told me this week that they've had some great news. God's opened the door for them to, to have a house, uh, and we praise God for that. And where, where every natural pathway was closed, God made a way where there was no way. Let me tell you, as your pastor, I get stories come to me left, right, and center. But it's your time to tell me stories. Please tell me stories. I want to hear of the goodness of God. But tell your stories to others. Tell your stories to people who don't know Jesus yet. Tell your story to people who are your neighbors, people who don't yet know the love of Jesus. Tell them to your friends. You see, there are some things in your life that only Jesus could have done. <laughs> it is true. See, Jesus' life displayed God's splendor. Why? Because it was rooted in a message of hope. Please let me encourage us to be walking testimonies of God's hope. Display splendor. Display splendor. Where is Jesus giving you opportunities to bring his beauty and his, and his joy or his praise? Just think about that for a second. Where is God bringing you opportunities to bring his beauty, his joy or his praise? Where do you connect with your community today? My, my third point to us this morning is this, that we've been sent to bring connection and relationship. Oh, this is one of my favorites. I love relationship. I love people. You know, God's creation of people, community and relationship is one of the greatest things. And I can talk about this day in, day out. But for so many of us, we don't naturally connect. We don't naturally like to build relationships. But God calls us 
and has built us to be a people who dwell in relationship. So we have to work hard sometimes to be in relationship. That doesn't mean that we're in people's pockets 24-7. Don't hear me wrong. Okay, I like my own space. I like my downtime. I like shutting the door and just allowing my mind to think. We all have those moments. But there's times in our lives where we have to go out and make connection with people. This week, Becky and I celebrated 21 years together as a couple. And uh, 21 years. <laughs> that's not marriage, but that's 21 years from the day I asked her. Um, well, the day she said yes, anyway. Because there's a longer story there. Well, let me, ju- let me share that a little bit. You know, this is, this is my agony. <laughs> no, it's not. There was a bit of groundwork. Thank you, Alex. There was a bit of groundwork. Thanks for, for laying the scene there. There was a bit of groundwork. Perseverance. So, she didn't say yes at the first yes. She didn't say it at the second, the third, or the fourth, or the fifth. We were getting on for eight. But, you know, I'm a man of persistence. And uh, there is a story behind why, but um, the truth is is that, uh, you know, I never wanted to force Becky to, to be in a relationship with me. She had to make the choice. And neither would God force you to be in a relationship with him. Yeah? God wouldn't force you to be in relationship with you, him. As much as God longs to be in relationship with you and I, it has to be our decision. God is patient. He never gives up. Thank you, Jesus. No, honestly, I'm grateful for Jesus that he never gave up on me. You know, there were so many times... I I shared with you a few weeks ago, there were times in my life where I could have walked away, but God never gave up on me. His hand was on my life. And that's the same for each and every one of us. God never gives up on you. But there's a community of people out there in the same boat. God hasn't given up on them. He's not given up on them. He places people, situations, those God moments in our lives, that that at the right moment, when the revelation of God just hits, that we need God, we turn to Him. You see, Israel, Israel in Isaiah 61, they'd chosen to turn away from God, and it wasn't until they saw their wrong and their sin that they turned to God for salvation. We need a salvation. We need a saviour. We need a saviour, church. Come on. And Jesus is our saviour. We are sent into our community with that message of hope to bring connection and relationship. So what does connection and relationship look like? (coughs) I really think that we're called to be bridges. I want to give you an analogy. We're called to be bridges of hope. Yeah? To, to help lead people to salvation. 
a bridge is designed to connect one piece of land to another, yes? So God places you and I in our communities to bridge community to God. It's as simple as that. It's not rocket science. I'm not, I'm not preaching anything that's mind-blowing in any sense. Maybe it is, but the, hopefully there's some revelation that pours into your heart that says, oh, actually, I can see where God has used me in the past, but how he needs to use me now. Yes? Because if we truly are going to be restored church, if we're going to be a church that restores community, we have to realize we've been sent to bring connection and relationship. And that relationship is, is helping people journey to Jesus. Planted in God, we produce fruit, don't we? His splendor. John 15 verse 4 says these words, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you, have, unless you remain in me. You see, church, Jesus, te- Jesus teaches us so much from his life. A short, a short time here on earth, yeah? And we have, the, we have the privilege of carrying that into our communities. We have the privilege of, of carrying the message of hope into our communities. To connect people to the vine. To reconnect people to the vine. Because for some people, they've, dis- they've, they've turned away from God. My final point is this. That we've, we've been sent that people may know home. We've been sent that people may find home. Sorry. Another version of John 15 says, Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. God sends you and I into community so that community can find home. We are sent out so that family can grow. This family is not designed to stay small. (laughs) When Becky and I first got together, I said I wanted four kids four or five kids. She looked at me. I would have had a nice hockey team, if I'm honest. But um, I got a firm, though. And I'm grateful for my children. But the truth is, is that this family of God, it keeps growing every second, every minute, every hour, every day. And if we, the church of Jesus Christ, who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, truly go out, go out, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and do what we've been asked to do, the church of Jesus Christ will grow like never before. We will see people come to know the name of Jesus in a mighty, mighty way. We will come to know, we will come to see people in our city 
in our communities. Now, in the name of Jesus, in a fresh, a new way. Psalm 90 says these words. And just as I come to a close, maybe the band wants to come up. <clears throat> Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You are God. Today, we find home in God. Today, the person that sat to your left and your right, they are your brother and your sister. But we have a great opportunity to pour out the power of the Holy Spirit and the message of hope into our community. We've been sent out. We've been sent out. So easy to stay sat in these four walls. But God has sent us. I just sense today the truth is is that actually oh how bold do I want to be <laughs> you know we are a Pentecostal church yes Pentecostal church what is our identity as a Pentecostal church Holy Spirit. I'm sad, I'm sad that we, we've, at times we've squished the Holy Spirit. Yeah? We've limited the Holy Spirit. Because we've reduced it. I want to tell you, I'm not going to squish the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a gift. And I don't want to be over-spiritual in any way. I don't want, if it's your first time in church, I don't want you to freak out or in any shape or form. This I do know. That when I said, Jesus, come into my life, I then had a conviction that I needed to invite the Holy Spirit into my life. I needed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And there is a time in our life where we need to continually ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit as well. Because yes, the Holy Spirit comes and fills us afresh, but just like a cup of water gets sipped from time after time, we can become dry. And we can become spiritually dry. Yes? Because we forget about the Holy Spirit. In our day-to-day -day lives, we, we worry, we get concerned. But if we just listen to the whispers of God speaking through the Holy Spirit, we'd experience a different life. Today, maybe you, you, you're spiritually dry. Maybe in your life, it's not 10% that's been taken out. 
it's the 90% and you've got 10% left. I want to invite you right now in this place. It doesn't matter how full you are, how, how empty you are. We're going to be sent out. We're going to be sent out empowered. And I'm not going to preach a message like this that talks about us being sent out as church without praying that the Holy Spirit will refresh us and fill us afresh. Amen? So in this place, if you want a refreshing of the Holy Spirit, why don't you stand with being called to be sent out the message of God Jesus maybe you just want to close your eyes not because there's anything spiritual about closing your eyes but it just stops the distraction of the person next to you maybe you want to stretch out your hands to say God come It's all about our language, our body language, isn't it? How are you positioning yourself with God right now? Come on. How are you positioning yourself for these these next 10 years with God? What is God positioning you for? Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you in this place. We say, come and have your way, Lord, in this place. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this place. I pray, Lord, for every person that is in this room, that is arms open wide, hearts ready to receive. Lord God, that you will fill them to a refreshing of your power and your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, not for our purpose. We're not doing it for our purpose, but we're doing it for your purpose, Lord God. We're doing it that we can be sent out to do your will, Lord God, in our communities. We pray, Holy Spirit, come fill us from head to toe. Ki ya da baba kula mama ki ya da baba kula mama ki 